0: This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, and this is The Full Story. Over the last few days, Optus has been embroiled in what is potentially Australia's biggest ever data leak. Up to 10 million Australians may have had their personal information leaked from the telco's customer database. And that includes passport details, driver's license numbers, addresses, birth dates and Medicare numbers. This leak could land Optus in court, with one class action already being planned. It could also lead to changes to our national cybersecurity laws. So was this data breach a sophisticated attack, as Optus suggests, or a failure to properly protect their customers? Today, how Optus lost control of 10 million Australians' data. It's Wednesday, the 28th of September. Okay, Josh. Take us back to last week when this data breach was first announced. What did Optus initially say about
1: it? This is obviously a huge breach.
0: Josh Taylor is a reporter for Guardian Australia.
1: Optus is Australia's second biggest telecommunications provider. The mobile company alone has about 10 million customers. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's that's you know maybe a third of the population, roughly, and. They announced it on Thursday, and then on Friday.
0: Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining us today.
1: The CEO uh, Kelly Bayer Rosemarin uh, held a Zoom call with the media to try and get out in front of the situation.
0: I'd like to start off by making sure that it's clear that we are apologising to all of our customers. We know that this attack creates great concern,
1: and she became pretty emotional in her apology to customers at the end of the call.
0: Um, and I'm I'm very sorry and apologetic. apologetic. It should not have happened. Right. So did Optus explain much about how this data breach happened?
1: As much as we would have liked to, they really didn't go into too much detail. They they did this thing where they're essentially arguing that they don't need to go into too much detail because there's a criminal investigation ongoing now and it's being investigated by the Australian Federal Police and they say that they can't go into specifics about what happened. But they did say that the data dates back to as far back as 2017. Right, but as you say, Optus
0: has around 10 million customers. So did the CEO confirm how many people are potentially affected by this data breach?
1: Again, not really.
0: But there has been a number that's been thrown out there of 9.8 million records. I want to make it clear that that is the absolute worst case scenario. We have reason to believe that the number is actually smaller than that, but we are working through reconstructing exactly what the attackers have received.
1: But they weren't able to answer one burning question, I think, and that is why does Optus hold on to this type of data from its customers? And that's because Optus holds ID information of customers like licenses, passports, Medicare numbers, things like that. But they didn't keep images of it or people's bank details and passwords. They usually hold on to this data for six years because they're legally required to. But beyond that, we didn't really get a lot out of them. They didn't comment on who hacked them or why or what they wanted.
0: Okay. So beyond what Optus itself is saying about what's happened, what have you learned about these kinds of questions?
1: So last Friday, a forum user who goes by the name Optus Data posted on a popular leak website. And in this post, they claimed that they were responsible for the data breach and demanded a ransom of $1 million. Uh, so the post isn't really super grammatically correct, but I'll do my best to read it out now. They said, Optus, if you are reading, price for us to not sell data is $1 million US dollars. We give you one week to decide. If 1 million US pay, then data will be deleted from Drive. Only one copy exists. Will not sell data to. Completely gone. They then revealed that they had data, and to prove that they had it, the person posted links to two sets of 100 samples of user data. They posted their ransom, which would be paid in a cryptocurrency called Monero, and they said they would give off just a week to pay it. And after that, they said if they didn't pay it, then they would sell the data.
0: So Josh, what do we know about this person who goes by the pseudonym Optus Data?
1: Aside from their username, we don't really know anything about them. So I contacted the user on Monday just to see if they could uh, talk a little bit more about the process, how they found it. if they've heard from Optus and how they felt about the attention. Um, I also invited them to record for the podcast and they did respond, but they didn't want to be recorded. They effectively said that they haven't heard from Optus yet and they don't really care about the attention. They just want money like everyone.
0: <laughs> mm. And what do you make about the legitimacy of these kinds of claims, Josh? Is there anything in these posts to suggest that we can link this person
1: to Optus's data breach? Well, it does appear that at least some of the data included in this person's post did come from Optus. So when I saw this, you know, appear on this website, um, the first thing that you do is have to say, okay, well, is this actually Optus data, or is this, you know, data from some other data breach? Jeremy Kirkus, cybersecurity journalist and an executive editor with the Information and Security Media Group, has been reporting on this. He was on ABC Radio National on Monday morning, and he said that in a wild coincidence, he recognized one of the local street addresses from the breach. So I went down to that person's house. I had printed out their data and said, is this you? Were you an Optus customer? And she said, yeah, that's me. So that was a good test that, okay, well, this is is her data, right? So do we know if this came from Optus? He also reported that he had run some of the email addresses through the website Have I Been Pwned? So Have I Been Pwned is a website where you can just plug in your email address and see whether your email address has been pwned, which is, you know, internet lingo for owned. uh, And you can just check if your data's been included in previous breaches. He found that while most of the email addresses he ran through that had appeared in previous breaches, about six of those had not. And the other thing he sort of found was that some of the addresses contained in, in the post, they were just sort of generic, no email type Optus email addresses that Optus will probably assign to accounts that where there was no email address available for them to send on information to. So both of these things seem to indicate that this data breach is real and it is a new data breach. It's not just someone scraping data that's already been leaked on the internet previously.
0: Right. So if this threat is legitimate and Optus supposedly has a week to pay the ransom, what could happen next?
1: So to further complicate things, on Monday night, uh, the person calling themselves Optus Data posted uh, 10,000 records of the data and basically said to Optus, if you don't pay up, we'll release 10,000 every day. But then on Tuesday morning, they then deleted all of their posts and seemingly withdrew their own threat, saying they would no longer be selling the data because there were too many eyes seemingly watching them. They said the ransom had not been paid and instead they said they deleted the data from their own drive and insisted this was the only copy of it that they had. And they even apologized to Optus for it and to the people who were affected by it. They also said it was a mistake to scrape published data in the first place. That was their their exact phrasing on that.
0: Wow, Josh, what do you make of this dramatic turn of events?
1: Well, we can't really substantiate any of the claims that they've made. Uh, it does raise a lot of questions that we can't really answer right now in terms of why did they change their mind, why the sudden backflip, you know, what what actually went on behind the scenes. But, you know, you could view this as good news for Optus, but you've got the, the fact that there are still 10,000 users' data out there Um, you've got the fact that you know we don't know whether this was the person who accessed the data in the first place we can only go by the the data that we've seen so far Um, we don't know if they were the only people to access the data we don't know if anyone else has copies so even though it might look like a better day for optus than yesterday we still don't know you know to to what extent people's data might still be at risk even if no more data is released as a result of this breach those 10,000 people's data were still online and it's a bit like putting the toothpaste back in the in the in the bottle you can't really get it back in once it's already out there
0: okay so if this post is legitimate it appears as though the demand for ransom has now disappeared But is it likely that Optus would ever have paid a million dollars to get its customers' data back?
1: Kind of doubt that so. There's a couple of reasons for that. I think the main one is there's no guarantee that once you pay the ransom, even though it is like in terms of Optus's net worth, not a huge amount of money, there's no guarantee that the data will be deleted if you don't have any access to, you know, like you don't, you can't identify who the person is. And I think Probably the other thing is that, that no one really wants to set their precedent here. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you look at ransomware cases where people's systems get locked up and, and a lot of the time businesses do actually pay the ransom in those cases. But because they're quite low profile, that's not to the scale of Optus, they are happy to do that it's good because it's just easier for them to do. I think in this case, given it's so high profile, they won't want to be seen to, to I guess, be setting a, a standard that, you know, others might try to replicate in the future.
0: Josh, how could Optus's databases have been compromised in the first place?
1: So this is where we're seeing a real division between the politicians and the company here. Optus says it was a sophisticated cyber attack, but others, including the Home Affairs and Cybersecurity Minister, Claire O'Neill, say Optus is actually responsible for what's happened because their security protections were inadequate.
0: Okay, but what does the person going by the pseudonym OptusData, who claims to have obtained the data in the first place, say about how they did that?
1: If we go based on what the forum user has said and reporting around uh, this attack from, from the ABC as well, it sounds as though Optus was effectively making their database available online by a mistake and someone who knew how to exploit that was exploiting that, allegedly. So the way that Optus was making this database available online was through what is called an API.
0: Explain to me what an API stands
1: for. So API stands for Application Programming Interface. It's basically a way for systems to communicate with each other. You know, if you are using a Facebook app on your phone, anything like that, that is a form of an API. You're using sort of an application that is accessing a service somewhere else, essentially. So it's been claimed that there was an API publicly available from Optus that allowed access to its customer database from outside the, the company's network.
0: Right. So the person calling themselves Optus Data has backed up this claim that the data breach happened through a potential flaw in Optus's own security systems. If that's the case, they don't sound very secure.
1: It's not at all. It's it's uh, effectively Optus leaving the door wide open without even thinking about it. Mm. In, in those circumstances, you wouldn't call them a hacker any more than you would call someone who uh, walks through an open door a lockpicker. And that's the kind of analogy Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill used to put the blame back onto to Optus squarely for the data breach when she was on ABC's 7.30 on Monday night.
0: We should not have a telecommunications provider in this country, which has effectively left the window open for data of this nature to be stolen. And the thing that's very uh, exercising for me as cybersecurity minister is why did this happen and how can we make sure it never happens again? Well, you certainly don't seem to be buying the line from Optus that this was a sophisticated attack. Well, it wasn't. So, no.
1: But Optus is sticking to its guns. Its CEO, uh, Kelly Bayer-Rosemarin, went on Radio National on Tuesday morning to call the minister's comments misinformation.
0: Thank you for letting me address a lot of the misinformation that's out there. And uh, unfortunately, I think our briefing of uh, the minister happened after she gave that interview. Uh, But um, given we're not allowed to say much because the police has asked us not to, Uh, What I can say that hopefully should help people understand that it's not as being portrayed is that our data was encrypted and we have multiple layers of protection. So it is not the case of having some sort of completely exposed API sitting out there. That's pretty extraordinary. This is a really public fight over who's to blame for this massive data breach. So what do you think, Josh? Who's right, the Home Affairs Minister or Optus' CEO?
1: My opinion is that the more we're hearing about this uh, data breach, the less likely it seems that it was a sophisticated attack and more like it was uh, an error that people were able to allegedly exploit.
0: Next, what does Optus's data leak mean for its customers? Right, so Josh, I wanna focus now on the other side of all of this. From the customer's perspective, a lot of very sensitive information has either been made public or potentially could be made public really soon. So what could happen to customers whose personal information has been breached?
1: Well, at this point, it's unclear. Uh, So the person who has the data wants to sell it. And if that does end up getting sold and ends up somewhere else on the internet, then that's another issue. But the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner has warned that only a small amount of information is actually needed to commit identity fraud. Uh, Thieves can use this information to find out more about you from public sources such as social media accounts as well. And there are concerns around access to bank accounts and other illegal activity.
0: Mm. So what can customers do to protect themselves at this point? Is there anything they can do? And has Optus offered any guidance on what they should do at this point?
1: Well, for some of it, it's not really all that simple. I mean, you can't really change your date of birth too easily. (laughs) Um, uh, The sort of basic guidance that people give is you should... If you're worried, change your online account passwords, put on multi-factor authentication for things like banking accounts, things like that. Um, Customers are also being told to maybe put limits on the amount of money that you can transfer out of your bank accounts if you're worried about that and just keep an eye out for any unusual activity.
0: So it really is increased vigilance and just being alert to any activity that seems suspicious or odd or out of the ordinary.
1: The other thing that tends to happen around this is when these sorts of attacks happen, you'll get people trying to exploit that as well. So even if they might not personally have your data, if they've got your email address or something like that, they might send you an email with a link that will ask you for more personal information. So Optus has been very careful to say they, they won't sort of be sending links through emails for people to click on so people aren't getting scammed as a secondary result of this breach. And on Monday, Optus also announced that they'd be offering 12 months free credit monitoring for the most affected customers in the breach. And so credit monitoring is basically a service that keeps tabs on people's credit reporting, monitors for suspicious activity, and hopefully, if if it works properly, will enable customers to be alert if their data is being misused.
0: So I know that there are organisations that are designed to deal with complaints against individual companies, including the telecommunications industry ombudsman. Besides complaining to the ombudsman, what other kinds of measures could Optus customers take to try to get compensation for this data breach?
1: There could be legal action. Law firms Slater and Gordon announced that it is looking at potentially launching a class action against Optus on behalf of current and former customers uh, as a result of the data breach. The firm's class action senior associate Ben Zocco said this is potentially the most serious privacy breach in Australian history in terms of the number of people affected and information lost. Mm. And they're concerned about the effect it will have on vulnerable members of society, like domestic violence victims and things like that. He also said that uh, Optus's advice for looking out for scam emails and texts is not enough. So they're, they're taking people's uh, details on their website if, if people are interested in joining.
0: So how has the federal government responded to Optus's data breach, given the serious risks that it poses to so many Australians?
1: So the Home Affairs Minister, Claire O'Neill, told Parliament this week that uh, Optus needs to do everything they can to support customers.
0: Put yourself in the shoes of an Optus customer. This is a time of intense anxiety. And I say to Optus, you can do something about this problem today. And we ask you to do that.
1: The minister also said that the government was working with the banking sector and different regulators to see how they could protect Optus customers' bank accounts. Uh, She also mentioned that they're looking at updates to banking rules so people are informed quicker when their private information is compromised.
0: So, I mean, that's quite a a lot of new reforms that Labor's proposing just a few days after this data breach has been publicised. Will will these series of reforms be enough to prevent something like this from happening in the future?
1: The short answer is no. Claire O'Neill acknowledged that there needed to be a look at whether the cybersecurity requirements on telecommunications providers in Australia needed to change as a result of this. And Privacy law is likely to be in the focus too with advocates like Liz O'Shea from Digital Rights Watch telling the ABC that major reforms are needed and the current privacy laws are not fit for purpose.
0: One of the things I think they should do is reform privacy law to update it for the 21st century to better prevent these kinds of uh, problems occurring, uh, these kinds of events, and reduce the burden on consumers to then be the people that have to fix it.
1: So Personal information is protected by the Federal Privacy Act and she said the government is reviewing the Privacy Act and that she has a number of recommendations.
0: One of which is that consumers should be able to directly take complaints about their companies who've breached their data uh, or or lost control of their data to court and I think that would be an improvement on the current system which is just channelling these complaints through the regulator. So there is reforms that can happen, I think, that could allow Australians to better protect their privacy and to hold companies accountable when they haven't done the right thing.
1: All of the government proposals of potential changes to the Privacy Act to give people more power over their personal information and more protection from when it is leaked is something that Optus has been against for quite a while now. Hmm. How so? One of the things that you do when there's a massive privacy breach like this or, or a big news story is you go back and look at what the company said before this all happened, and I, and I did that with Optus's submissions to the Morrison government's review of the Privacy Act. And what we can see through those submissions is that Optus was very, very opposed to to any substantial changes to the Privacy Act that um, would give people more power over their information and more recourse if their information is is lost or breached. So one of the things that they were opposed to was giving people power that, to take direct legal action over privacy breaches, saying it could lead to frivolous or vexatious claims. Uh, and would not give people more control over their personal information. The, one of the other things that they were also opposed to was the right to erase data. The overarching theme of their submissions to the privacy review that was that things are working just fine. We don't really need too much. If we do too much in this space, then all it's going to do is harm innovation and you know digitization and all that sort of stuff. So they were very much saying we need to maintain the status quo. Nothing needs to change.
0: You mentioned that these are old submissions from Optus to the 2020 review into the Privacy Act.
1: Well, the last one was January.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So does Optus say that it still stands by these submissions?
1: They did not respond to my questions about whether they still stand by it. Hmm.
0: So Josh, as a reporter who specializes in technology, you've obviously seen a number of examples of these kinds of data breaches. What's the big takeaway for you?
1: Anyone who has their data with a business can potentially have it breached, but I think more importantly for businesses um, it just makes even more sense to just spend so much on information security and and try and do everything and i think that you know if you if you're working in information security you should be just constantly living in fear of this happening and use that fear to triple check have so many sort of uh, systems in place to stop this from happening in the first place and if it is as is alleged it was optus error that left this open and allowed this information to be taken then the companies need to put in systems in place to triple check that sort of stuff and, and make sure that it would never ever happen again. I think there's there's probably a lot of uh, uh, information security officers at the moment going through all their systems and making sure that they're not in a similar situation to Optus.
0: That's it for today. Thanks to reporter Josh Taylor for his time. You can check out all of his reporting on this issue at theguardian.com. This episode was produced by Karishma Luthria and Joe Koning. Sound design and mixing by Daniel Simo. The executive producers of Full Story are Miles Martignoni, Gabrielle Jackson, Molly Glassie and Laura Murphy-Oates. I'm Jane Lee. Catch you next time.